Will we survive the great filter? Welcome to the Infinite Mark podcast. I am Pete, and I'm here with my co-host, Daniel. How's Hello, going? and welcome. This is good. This is going to be a fun one. Also, Pete, you introduced yourself as Pete. Why not? Uh, you know what? I have, I've gone by so many different names my whole life. So I started out, my name is Peter. And then in high school, I called myself Pete. And then when I went to college, my fraternity dubs me Shooter. And then when I went to the Marine Corps, everyone called me Chuck. And then I got out and I'm like, I don't know what to call myself. So I just kind of, I Pete kind of rolls off the tongue. So okay. I don't know. Okay. You can call me Joe. I don't care. I'll call you Shooter. <laughs> I'll call you Shooter. Shooter? I liked Shooter. <laughs> uh, that was in high school? No, that was college. Okay. I was going to say that's why they call you Shooter in high school. Anyways. Um, no, you know why they called me shooter in college <laughs> too many drawings you, you dropped your notebook and some drawings fell out <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh, man. so um, daniel will we survive the great filter i think that at first we should probably define the great filter so yeah. Yeah. hit me with a definition Wikipedia says the great filter in the context of the fermi paradox is whatever prevents non-living matter from undergoing abiogenesis in time to expanding lasting life as measured by the Kardashev scale. So essentially the great filter is, are we going to live long enough as a species to get off of earth before earth is destroyed? Like the dinosaurs did not survive the great filter. Will humans? Okay. Doesn't look like it. <laughs> okay. And but but the but the I think the way that we're talking about the great filter is a little bit more of a our own doing type of you know not 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 necessarily a like like are you are we talking about a meteor event you know like a mass extinction event or are we talking about our own creation type event yes okay both. okay okay either both. both anything that could destroy uh prevent humanity from moving forward and surviving on and spreading across the galaxy uh so Elon Musk, his life goal is basically to have us survive the great filter, or at least in terms of like a short term, because we could, we could expand to all of our solar system and then something crazy happens to our sun and we end up wiping out. So just because we get off of earth doesn't mean that we've survived the great filter. I think that we're uh, as a species, if we get far enough, we're always going to be tested as a species, but initially the dinosaurs died off because they didn't have a space program. So they were unable to prevent their own extinction. And we potentially are because we have very, very smart people working on and governments working on getting us off planet, getting it safe enough for people to travel through space to another planet, to another planet or another entity to where we can survive and thrive and expand as a species. And then if something were to happen to earth, whether by our undoing or by an external force, then humanity would live on and we would evolve along uh, our path until, you know, another, another test of our strength and our spirit. So I, I think if I just piece this together, if I just take a baby step here, if today, right now, this instant, some sort of large asteroid hit earth mm -hmm. 
and in the middle of the ocean somewhere. Massive tsunamis, right? Uh, sorry, Australia, half of you is gone. Sorry, South China Sea. Sorry, Madagascar, east coast of Africa, whatever it might be. Sorry, right? Mass floodings, um, you know, sea life. The air becomes thick with ash or moisture and blocks out, you know, signals and radio, whatever it might be. Let's just talk about just a, not just like the moon collided with Earth, everything's vaporized, the end. But if something happened where, where it did allow for a large, it did test the majority of Earth and human beings, I would say that, I would say that globalism would become non-existent. I think that if you're blocking out communications, if you're blocking out a lot of, I think a lot of cultures and a lot of countries and communities would just completely isolate. They would focus on themselves and a lot of resources would just be, you know, there would be no more trade. There would be no, it would just be very hyper-focused, I think. And, and, and again, it's difficult to conceptualize what like a non-intermingled world would look like. You'd have to go back like hundreds and hundreds of years. To, Are you sure to, about that? I feel like if you go back 50 years, you would see a much more nationalist way of life where we're I, well, not I'm talking with each other. We're not relying on each other for trade and for and for support. A hundred years. Let's just say a hundred years. You know, in the 20s, I think that they're you know, compared to today. I just think that we would we would we would come together in a very different way. But at the same time. I, I don't know. I, I don't think the earth to my knowledge, has come across a moment where the longevity of humanity was tested. You know, a lot of people may think, you know, World War One or World War II, the whole world was at war. And it's like, yes, but that, that wasn't us fighting for survival in a naturalistic way. You know, I, I don't know. If I had well, to just go like... There's been a lot of plagues and pandemics that have wiped out like percentages of of humanity. Like, didn't the Black Plague kill like twenty five percent or a third of all living humans? I, I think I think it was in Europe. I think it was in parts of Europe that it was that bad. So so we've come. So okay, what you were saying is I think absolutely correct. If there was a catastrophic event, most communities the survivors would turn inward because they're not worried about other people they were worried about their own survival they were worried about just getting to the next day that would I, be a yeah it would be a much more like naturalist i think that people would actually thrive in that situation because our our biology still like is built for that like hunter gatherer that's what we evolved to be and now we live in this world of abundance so but but even if that were to happen, even if the communities were to get together or even small families, humanity would still go on. And eventually, I'm I'm assuming because we're innovative, we they would eventually might take thousands of years, but communicate with each other and build back to the point where we are now. Yeah. So, but it, so we still have a chance to get past the great filter if that were to happen. I think that depending on the level of event, right? If it's like, okay, a giant like. A, freaking 10.0 earthquake off in somewhere in the Pacific Ocean, 11, something off the scale, just massive tsunamis just destroying. Something like that, I think that globalism would still be a thing. You'd still have countries helping helping each other out. But I think as it gets more catastrophic, I think that the, that the I think the more micro the focus people would have. So like large nuclear warfare 
like no communications like militaries destroyed like it, it would be like it wouldn't even be a state level it would just be like your neighborhood or your city you know what i mean it wouldn't even expand you know depending on the severity i think the smaller that people people's circle would become you know so so in like a trying to think of something like like the walking dead right in that universe you have people where it's like literally just the band of your small community like 100 people or less or far less so i think that that would be something on like the extreme end where you have just the or i am legend right in that new york city uh, he technically was the only person and, and will smith i am legend a very good uh film uh, in regards to just it. like yeah virus spreading in empty cities and that type of thing or 28 weeks later another really iconic you know mm -hmm. dystopian zombie type film but yeah i think the the larger scale the event the tighter people's circles would be and then i think that's when your skills come into play what yeah. skills that you have is going to dictate the aboriginals in the middle of the Amazon and the middle of the Amazon forest, those villagers that haven't, if society was to collapse, not, they wouldn't even know. I don't think, do they even know that there's a society? No. <laughs> Some lucky of them, them don't. Lucky no, them. They, they wouldn't, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Sometimes I feel like they're lucky, but okay. So let me ask you this when it comes to the great filter, the idea of the great filter, it was thought of first by Robin Hansen, and he thought of it, this theory, because uh, I, I guess they've been looking at the stars for a long, long time, and they haven't found any intelligent life out there. So he proposed the idea that, well, maybe it's because there's this filter that most if if a civilization grows to to a, or if a species grows to a civilized um consciousness to where they're able to actually build things and, and become technologically advanced, they either will destroy themselves or they won't get to the point where they can escape their planet in time. So that's what he proposed was the great filter. Uh, and he thinks that that's why we don't see aliens flying all over the place because most uh technologically advanced civilizations die off before they can get off their planet and and become established on other planets throughout their solar system or throughout the galaxy so what if this great filter i just i don't know why this came to my head what if it's a test what if we're actually being watched by aliens and they're they're purposefully hiding from us and we have to try to get past this great filter and and establish a civilization off planet in order to prove to these more advanced species that we are capable almost that like we a star are worthy trek. yeah like in star trek uh the the prime directive prevents the uh the people working in the federation from interacting with people from from planets that are not in the federation so if they haven't if they haven't discovered warp drive on their own then they're not supposed to interfere with their low iq enemies. species pretty much that's us that's what I, we, that's us in our this scenario so hey, at least we're aware we, of our low iq <laughs> yeah well some of us are some of us think that we know everything but oh, but that man. so what if what if this great filter isn't really a thing and instead the the universe is populated with just an abundance of life and we just can't see it yet well i think that's a very probable 
Um, I think it's very. Why can't we see it then? Because they're hiding from us. Well, no, because well, no, no, no. Probable in terms of there is other life out there. They're just not as advanced to make contact. Um, I say this: humans are so emotional, so deeply emotional. Peter, it's okay. I think that humans are so deeply emotional, so altruistic at sometimes and so selfish, unbelievably selfish, so evil and so good simultaneously, so wanting to be good and do good, but at the same time just committing acts of atrocity. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's such a plethora. It's just an infinite spectrum of of human emotion out there. And I think that with our human emotion, with our instincts, with with what we've been given to deal with, I think that it's going to be very hard for us to travel interstellar or even deep space travel because of how emotional we are. Astronauts have to go through tons of training, tons of psych evaluation, and I'm sure they have plenty of tools and techniques to keep astronauts from losing their mind up there. And who's to say that some of them don't and they just don't tell people about it. I think that there is a roadblock in the human pursuit for advancement. And that is greed, malevolence, corruption, and just plain old power hungry human, human selfishness. And and I I don't know. To me, I take I take a pessimistic a pessimistic approach to this because I don't see how we are to deal with our human emotion and I don't see it going away anytime soon. I only see it becoming more and more outward with how we feel about everyone and I I don't know. I've always me and me and my brother Nathan have always talked about, you know, interstellar and this deep travel and you know traveling to faraway places and seeing things people have never seen. It's just like, you'd need to be a, a Vulcan, a vol- you know, like what's the species? Um, Vulcans. Yeah, Vulcans. Vulcans. Have emotions. Yeah, you'd need to be like that to <clears throat> say, I'm going to be alone in a spaceship for five years or I'm going to be with these people for five years traveling through space or I'm going to, you know, sorry, the probability of you surviving is too low. Um, you need to die and we're just going to move in this direction. You know, and then then you become robotic and then you start making decisions based on, you know, probabilities. But that's not human and uh, I don't think humans will. I don't know. There's just a, there's a roadblock. There's a biology roadblock mm-hmm. and p- me personally and that is just human emotion it's just that we prefer to satisfy our desires and short-term you know pleasures and I, I don't know thinking generationally and interstellar is just not programmed into humanity well you're you're asking the question right now so is it programmed into you do you think about those things is that why you're bringing this up and you just, it's irrelevant you just... it's irrelevant to me it, it because... i think most of, okay. for most people it's irrelevant who cares i i want to just have a beautiful family and i want to i want to i want to i want to love them in the moment and i want to create just a, a nice home for them and, and go on vacation to go see the mountains and this it doesn't it doesn't even enter my mind does do you put a um ipad in front of your six-month-old daughter no 
God, even no. when she's even when she's crying like really bad God, and you, no. you just need a break you just God, okay why well, that's just i why? don't i because don't because you're thinking about her future and her well-being and her legacy and your and the future of humanity and the future of your family and the future of your bloodline and how smart she could be if she maybe isn't uh, zombified by the technology that's in front of us. You're thinking of the future. You're being responsible. You're I want all of my kids to be. I want all of my kids to be healthier, smarter, and stronger than me. Okay, so you are thinking of the future, and that's what every generation thinks of. And I yes. think okay, there there were a group of people in Europe who thought exactly like you about going to the new world. Why do? Go to the new world. This world's great. What's wrong with this world? But then there was a group of people who were like, no, nah, screw that. I'm going to the new world because the, exactly what we asked in the first question, the first episode of this podcast, that pursuits, that, that desire to explore the unknown, there's always going to be a certain percentage of people who want to do that. And those are the people who continue to push humanity forward. And what is it? It's like 20% or it's like 80% of all influence is, is done by 20% of the population. There's like a small group. Of oh, people. it's the work. It's the work. So, so it's, it's even less than that. It's called the Pareto dis distribution. Uh, the mm -hmm. Pareto distribution is that the vast majority of work is done by an in an unbelievably small group of people. Well, there's going to be a small group of people who sacrifice their mental health and, and possibly their lives to get us established on Mars and make it so that it's comfortable for the every layman day person who's like, oh, I'm going to Mars for a vacation. But, That'd but, be fun. But here, but here, herein lies the problem, Peter. How do you convince people that that is even worth their time or taxpayer money or that it will even be good for us in the first place. <laughs> that's why they're starting out with space tourism. And that's what, wait, 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 wait. That's okay. why when the government was like, we're going to go to space, it's like, okay, we went to space. We won the space race. We get, we made it to the moon. And then, then we came back to lower earth orbit and we haven't left since, you know why? Because there's no monetary uh, incentive to go to moon, to the moon. But if there's a moon base where people spend their hard-earned money on earth to go on a trip to, to the moon for a vacation now there's an incentive to go who's there gonna, now, who's gonna spend that money at first it'll be very very rich people Ho hopefully eventually it will Dude, be like the technology the level of that level that technology would have to get to for it to be monetarily feasible for pete not shooter but pete to go to the moon i'll do it before i'm dead I'm I'm hundred percent confident that moon the, a moon cruise will be possible when I'm maybe in my eighties, maybe seventies or eighties. Hopefully, I don't get hit by a bus tomorrow. Okay. I'm I am confident. I, well, and and who okay. who the hell am I? I don't know anything about the world, but I I observe. I'm I'm a watcher because I'm okay. a writer, so I watch what's happening in the world. That's how I get my ideas. I ask questions and I watch what's happening and I see how fast we are evolving technologically. Do you understand that? But 10 let me years ask, ago, no, no, let me let me ask. Ten you this. years ago, this thing was so was not even close to where it is now we we 15. forget 15 it was we, not even there i wasn't there we forget 
the inconveniences of, of not having okay, the technology. Okay. And we, we, we're like lost in this weird, like hyperspace of time because we don't understand that like, uh, as soon as we get it, it's like, it's always been there. Okay. Okay. A, a few things, a few things. <laughs> Sorry, rant. Okay. A few things. This, oh, that was a picture of my wife. It's fine. It wasn't, it wasn't inappropriate or anything. Screenshot. Um, so this, right, a, a cell phone, a smartphone, we, we've had this conversation mildly in the past, but, but who's to say that this did ultimate good or, or net good for society, right? That, that's a whole other conversation we could have. Different technologies as they present themselves, the military has had technologies that didn't make it to civilian life until 20 or 30 years later. We didn't even know they existed. Certain night vision technologies and certain radar technologies and stuff like that. And and who's to say some technology we may never see as, as civilians, uh, the rest of the general population. But but some technologies are just ultimately good. And some technologies are like, eh, what's the point? Okay, there's that, there's that statement. Okay, and in regards to that, I think that a large problem with this and and not and again if it happens it happens great i'm not against interstellar travel that would be fantastic if we could inhabit multiple planets terraform them and form them and 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 travel into deep space and warp travel and become star trek reality i'm all i'm totally for that i have no like personal i have no personal nothing holds me back even as somebody who's who's you know religious i i there's no like that's playing God. God wouldn't allow that. No, 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 not at all. God That's... would want you to die in the asteroid. <laughs> just let it, just let it happen. God, yeah, God would love for humans to spread love and joy across the universe. Okay, so, so, but the, I think that the issue might, might be this, in the short term, right? That's a, there's a hypothetical. Yes, let's do it. In the short term, I think we might have an issue with. Other countries, mm -hmm. a, a new kind of space race, space race 2.0, okay? We're in it. We're, we're in it, right? Yes, globalism, the elites run the world, okay? If we're just thinking about this, elites run God, the world. For those no, 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 no. I think that there is still competition. There's still power-hungry people out there that want to do it first, that want to be there first. There, there's, there's going to be a lot there, okay? Throw that into the equation, but let's just... We know how hard it is for people to be convinced of climate change, okay? Do I think the climate changes? Yes. Do I think humans are primarily the reason why the climate is changing? No. Do I think that cow farts are the reason why the earth is warming half a degree over the last century? No. But the climate is changing, yes. The earth goes through phases. That statement alone my 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 to a to the to a lot of people out there my ignorant my ignorant uh, non-open-mindedness it's just it's disgusting right you're not i don't believe in that humans are creating climate change and then electric vehicles to save the world okay that is why it is going to be difficult to convince people that a interstellar travel is even worth it or b that humans have the capacity to travel interstellar and be able to create it. I know that people came west and there's a frontiersman and there's there's 
lands that were conquered by explorers and death and unknown and animals and this, that. But I think interstellar travel is a whole nother ball game because because mankind on Earth dealing with earthly things is built into our biology. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to have a hard time emotionally and convincing the rest of them. Maybe we don't have to convince the rest of the population. But that to me is going to be a very difficult conversation because it has to be a com- it it start with a conversation with the normal folk. But generations from now, is it going to be... Is the Earth A going to be so uninhabitable that people want to go to another? Or is are we going to have to convince people, hey, Earth is too much. You're going to have to go to Mars. Sorry. Your lotto number was picked. Hmm. I don't know. I think that there is a little bit of hope for humanity because I don't agree with you about climate change. And yet we're good friends and we're we're working on this podcast together. And, and I have no animosity towards you about about your feelings so i'll do my part to try to reduce my <laughs> carbon footprint while you have styrofoam burning parties in your backyard oh. and uh we'll just balance each other out hey we're as, neighbors. Lo- as long as the elites travel around in private jets and continue to burn jet fuel i'm not going to listen to them when it comes to climate change i'm just not right a private jet trip across the country is more than a person will burn with their little four-cylinder honda civic in decades so I just, I it just, it just doesn't jive with me. I think there's too much hypocrisy in politics, and the elites want the world to do things that I don't think they're willing to do themselves. And so I think that's going to be another reason why it would be difficult for me to listen to the elites that create the space travel. Is Ooh, it, you have a, that's a good point. That's a good point because who's building these spaceships and who's gonna, who's building who's the gonna finance it all? Who's saying that we need to do it for a specific reason? We've already seen how the elites have treated the pandemic. Regardless, if you think the. Th- the COVID thing has panned out in the last two years. I think that we've seen a lot of hypocrisy from world governments and a lot of mandates and laws switching overnight once they realize that they've been caught. So, so I have a problem. I think that I think yeah, I think you helped me get there. I think that's probably my main problem is whatever the elites or world governments or industry leaders or pioneers nowadays, I, I don't trust their intentions. I, I haven't for a long time, and I think there are fanta- I think there are more reasons to not trust them than to trust them. Frankly, when it comes to our food, our water, our entertainment, our health, our the 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 things we should spend our money on, our our livelihoods, I I, I just there's just not enough there for me to say, hey, you people built this, and this is good for us, and this is going. It's got to be a damn good. It's got to be. They got to have some damn good reasons. Um, yeah, there, there, there it is. Do you do you think that that kind of behavior is inherent f- from power and influence? Like, as like, do you think that if somebody who is maybe in your shoes, you have the best intentions, but then you become the most rich, the richest man in the world, and the most influential and powerful man in the world, and you everything you say can be done at oh, the whim of your finger? Do you think that you would have the empathy and the sympathy and and no, the no. the mindsets to to make those decisions? And do you think that you would eventually maybe say, because imagine you're them, 
because Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk, they weren't always the way that they are. They they were hardworking entrepreneurs who who slept in their office for years to try to get a business off the ground. And that's why they became the most rich and influential man in the world. And maybe they're doing what they do because they think it's the best thing for humanity. But maybe they're actions are maybe not the best thing for humanity there's a man hold on there's there's an inventor from the i believe the 70s i have to look him up he he invented the lead uh gasoline and it because it was more efficient and he invented like 13 other inventions that completely just screwed with humanity and screwed with our health and he one of his inventions actually ended up killing himself but he thought what he was doing was bettering humanity but all of the uh, effects of his inventions that were bettering and making our lives more convenient actually were hurting us so these are these people are just people just because they have power and influence doesn't mean they they're these evil people who are like we want to rule over you don't worry, you won't own anything. I'll own everything. Uh, was- I, I so so yes, the intentions. I'll, I'll say okay. My opinion is that whether it happens slowly or overnight, people who become so wealthy that they can't even spend all of their money and the wealth and power that they hold is is so large and drastic that millions of people's of lives overnight can be changed with their go-ahead. Those people cannot... I think that there's something that clicks in their head, just like every king that has existed throughout time. I think that they all of a sudden, or slowly over time, feel like gods or kings. I just don't think the human mind is capable of holding a ton of perspective. Of course, there's people that do good things, Peter. There are billionaires that do great things. And, and there I were would kings sh- who did great things. Yes, not and every there king were kings. was a tyrant. Yes, not every king was a tyrant. There are fantastic kings throughout history that have done th- good things for the people, okay? But the people, I think that the people that, d- that have ill will or the people that's pursuits for their own personal gain end up hurting a lot of people but it benefits them, I think that those people outweigh the good ones. I just think that's the distribution of the world. I personally believe that people are born evil. I think that people have to be taught to be good. And I think that because mm. in, because mankind is inherently evil, I don't think that giving a man who is inherently evil billions of money and unlimited power and resource is going to bode very well for the rest of humanity. I don't think that we are under any less billionaire tyrannical king rule than we were two, three hundred, a thousand years ago. I just think that it looks different. I just think that, you know, yeah, Peter, I, I let me ask you it's this. Interesting. It's interesting. It's funny. It's interesting to me that this is how you feel because you are um, a religious man and i don't christian, know if you want yeah, to christian yeah. okay so i i didn't know if you wanted to go like yeah, yeah, specifics that's fine. but so you're a christian and so you believe in jesus and his teachings and he yes. was the king and the yes. god of of men yes. and um so it's funny that you think that humans are inherently evil when jesus's teachings would say the opposite 
Because I'm um, not religious, but I've studied a lot of religions and I was brought up Catholic. And Jesus, I believe that the teachings of Jesus are to say that not that humans are inherently evil, that we all have good and evil in us and that we yes. it's, it's within us. And if we follow God, then God will guide us to the good decisions. And if we follow the devil, then we will, then we will make poor decisions, but that's not, we're not inherently going to follow the devil and we have to be persuaded to follow God. No, 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 no. I, I not that people are inherently born perf preferentially following the devil. I, I think that it's, you know, before you are saved, before you are baptized, before you do call on to Christ as your Savior, and and we can we can move past this without having to go into theology, but but just just to just to frame it a little bit to clarify, I think that when I say humans are inherent, I think man is inherently evil. I think that the temptation outside of because religious people are evil. Religious people do evil things all the time, right? I think yeah. there are people there are people that call themselves Christian that commit evil acts. I think there were that wars. when I Yeah, there I think there wars all the time about religion. Death, death and destruction every day. When mm -hmm. I say man is inherently evil, I think that the tendency of man is evil. I so think So like a toddler is more what like a toddler knows already out of the out, like out of their own minds that like, Hey, if I want that, I could go slap that kid and take it. And they have to be taught that that's not okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. Not, not a theological evil, but more of a human nature. Cause we're animals. Cause we're, it's the, our id. Y yes. Yes. We have our needs and our desires and our, and you know, sure. Humans are capable of unbelievably altruistic things. And I think that the great filter is going to weigh heavily. We got into like a space travel and the likelihood of it and all that. But I think that if we go back to the great filter, I think that... So we're screwed, basically. No, no, I don't think we're Thanks, screwed. Thanks, Daniel. <laughs> I don't think we're screwed. I just think that that humanity can travel interstellar. It, it can inhabit other planets. I would like to hope that we could trust the elites to push us in the right direction i i think that there are beacons of you know optimism and hope and yes that's a good direction that we should head in and, and it's done in an appropriate manner but we've got to we've got to first come face to face with the with the fact that man is is with in my opinion it's all my opinion i think that we have to first contend with the aspect that as we travel interstellarly or pursue things like this I think we have to do it with a grain of salt, knowing that, hey, man can is capable of terrible things. And if we pursue this, we've got to do it in a way that that is able to deal with our human emotions as we, you know, travel interstellar or deal with the great filter. I think that the human emotion, the human spirit is going to be central in that conversation. I think you're right. And that's why. You know, I guess when I think of, um, you know, the first step in getting past the great filter, I think of, first of all, getting to, to the moon as a starting point, as a launching point to, to other places in our solar system. And I think there's, there's, there's a, a very good possibility that that's going to happen in our lifetime, that that first initial step. And it's directly because of what you were saying earlier, uh, interstellar travel 
I believe that only the the bravest and you know most noble of our species and that probably won't be for at least a couple of generations only only the bravest the people who were willing to get on a ship uh and cross the atlantic ocean for six months and most likely die but to start a new life and to to you know discover something new those people will go on those international or sorry international interstellar trips but initially I'm going to want to go to a space station or to the moon for vacation. I, I hope that my daughter might have the decision in the future to say like, do I want to work um, in New York or do I want to work on, on Mars? Uh, do I want, Question. You know, I, I Question. hope that that happens within her lifetime. I hope that she can actually ask that question to herself, but those are the, those are the starting points. And once we get to that point, I think that we increase our chances of surviving the great re the great the great filter <laughs> sorry that was a survive the great recent <laughs> yeah so i think that once we get to the point where we're just on multiple um planetary beings that uh we significantly increase our chances and then it'll probably take at least like hundreds of years to get settled and established on those and then there might even be like some wars between earth and the mars and moon something like that because people are going to want to branch off and be their own but uh and that's where that that problem for you know so maybe maybe we'll end up killing ourselves just in our in our solar system and not in interstellar in, What's your question? Okay. I know. I, I rambled. No, 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 no. I ramble. So you you get to ramble. And I want you to ramble again here. Let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. In my opinion. Good question. In my opinion. <laughs> um, I have a feeling like society is stratifying and dividing within itself mm-hmm. healthy and unhealthy mm-hmm. intelligent and unintelligent wealth and poverty i think that in the last couple years even and i think maybe even before that i feel like society is beginning to further categorize itself into types of people And I think that the homeless population skyrocketing, Mm -hmm. Um, the middle class shrinking, the ultra wealthy, the, so we got some stuff to work out. Hold on, but we're not, (laughs) (laughs) we're trending in a very bad direction. Okay. Yeah. Health wise, health wise, Peter, obesity through the roof. Ollie. (laughs) (laughs) Diabetes, cancers, Mm -hmm. mental, mental stability, mental issues. It's all getting worse, right? Is it? it? Yes, Peter, it is. It is. Okay. I know. I know. I'm throwing a wrench in the system here, but look. Right? Right? So we must be heading in the right direction. Look, if I go look in that telescope, I can see the International Space Station. Woohoo! Okay, let me ask you this. As a species, we're not doing so hot. 
fertility's at an all-time low, birth rates are declining, the cars are shiny, but people are hurting poorly, our species, our health, our how we how we interact. So again, this comes back to my point that I've made and we've talked about. We're all better now. We're all smarter than we were during the Greek, you know, were we? We're all smarter and more capable than we were during the Renaissance. Were we? Are we? You know, technology is propping us up big time. Mm -hmm. Are the people going to be healthy enough? And can we solve these societal issues that are only becoming more of a problem that cannot be ignored? Can we make it past that, Peter? How are we going? What what what's we're trending down? Okay, so so first of all, I want to say, when our ancestors long long ago first discovered fire, don't you think that some of them got burned in the process? Yes. Maybe a couple of them fell in and burned alive. Did they then say like, oh, well, we shouldn't use this. It's too dangerous. No, they pushed forward when, you know, when. Peter, they weren't popping pills. They weren't infertile and they weren't extremely obese. That was the most basic of all technologies. I know, I know. I just, I needed to say that because I think that no matter what hardships humanity goes through, we always bounce back. And we might not one day. You you might be completely right. None of us know what's going to happen in the future. We might blow ourselves up to oblivion and never be able to get back to the point where we are. But if just a couple thousand humans survive, I believe that we would be able to get back to where we are and surpass them. I I think that this is a this is a bump in the road. This Maybe a is, great filter would help those things in a weird, well, ironic way. Yes, it would. It would. Part of the population would have to um, persevere through the filter, and part of the population won't. And that's part of part of evolution. The majority you know, we, of the population. That, well, we think that we're above evolution because we are technologically advanced, and we're not animals anymore. We're human beings. We we get to you know make the calls now. But is I that think a dangerous perspective? I think it is because I, that's where that's why the, the the great filter is so you know prevalent in my mind because I think it's like maybe the next step in technological evolution that if if a biological being becomes so technological that they can make it off of their planet that's that's then like the evolution of the mind and maybe not the body as much so if we make it past and through this little speed bump that I think we're we're going through with the speed bump that I referred to, the the speed bump of society, and because I bet you when our our grand look, our grandparents when our grandparents were around in two thousand or two thousand in uh, in World War Two, like maybe if my grandma was born in nineteen twenty nine, so she was around during World War Two, she was probably thinking the same thing. Like, there's no way this is the world is getting so crazy and so scary, and there's so many bad things happening. We think that about our world. They thought that about their world. The the generation before that thought that about their world. And so you're and, so and each okay. and each generation still gets better and better. So even though we're going through something, let me finish. Even though we're going through a hard time right now as a society, I think that we're going to find our place because there's already people speaking up about mental health, about 
physical health, about our diet, about our lifestyle. There's a movement going on. If you're really paying attention, if you look at I, I stuff do feel, online, I do, I do feel like it just hasn't caught on to the mainstream yet. And when it does, when it becomes cool to be healthy, then people will start being healthy. But doesn't that suck that it has to be cool to be healthy? Versus yeah, it does. But that's what happens when you have friggin' eight billion people. <laughs> Who are so, all individual people with their own thought process. We're not a hive mind like an ant, an ant colony or a beehive. We there are a lot thoughts. of people in echo chambers. There is a hive mentality in a, in a lot of pop culture. I, I so okay. So just to just to clarify, your answer to the we're all sucking really bad right now. We're all fat and unhealthy, and 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 I'm speaking as a trend, right? Mm -hmm. I'm speaking as a trend. We're getting obese. Our mental health is declining rapidly, and the birth rates declining, and, and women and men are becoming infertile. That's a that's a speed bump. That's like a bound to happen type thing. Even if those things are a result of maybe the same institutions and elites that might be helping us get to Mars, we and governments, we have all of those things that are going against us, but we also have a supercomputer in our pocket with unlimited information. But we're not and if you, if you hold on, if, if, if it doesn't take a lot for people to wake up and to say, I need to change something about my lifestyle. It, it, it could take some people. It might take a lot. Some people might not take anything. And, and there's a spectrum on, on this, I guess. Um, but if you want to find out the information or maybe if, we figure out as a society that these slot machine social media websites are not good for us. And we start like thinking about a better, healthier way to interact with each other online. Then these habits that we've formed over the past 15 years that are making us more obese and more mentally sick, those won't still be around just because we have technology. I think it's because this is such a new thing. It's happening so fast. We don't, we don't know anything about the long-term effects. So the businesses come in and they try to make as much money as possible. Then we learn from our mistakes and then we educate the public and then we create alternatives. At and then cost? we, it's that's big the cost. cost. Well, that's the cost of evolution. We didn't we didn't get to the moon without losing without losing people along the way. We didn't cross the Atlantic Ocean to come to America without losing people along the way. You know, there's a cost to innovation to to uh, advancement as a technology as a society. Sometimes that cost is war or world war or galactic war, and sometimes that cost is losing a, a generation to a, a freaking zombie machine that makes you go. Mm -hmm. But, but then that's maybe the, the generation we need. If you if you destroy a generation's IQ and health, the interstellar travel no longer be, seems as feasible. I would be on. I would be a Peter 2.0 if society was healthy. But because society's not that healthy and actually becoming stupider and less healthy, it's hard for me to jump on board. If Peter, I'm more optimistic. I guess. I think maybe, or I have a lot of pessimism about about what's happening in the world from just. But from I, my but I am, but, but like I'm I also said, very pers uh, optimistic about the future of humanity. Let me say this: if it happens, I'd be excited and I'd be on board. But I think that I, 
maybe it's the combination of both of our perspectives. You mm-hmm. go far and I'm like, but Peter, look, but you're like, but Peter, but Daniel, look. And I'm like, but Peter, look. And I think that somewhere in between that, we get a vision of this is the future. We got to deal with this now, but look what could happen. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that that is, it's, this is the beginning. This is the conversation that starts at all, Peter. No, no, no. <laughs> but, but it's, it's that combination of long-term and short-term. And then somewhere in the middle, we find that sweet spot. But I just, it's hard for me I can think, I, I, I like to think about the future. I look into the sky and I go, babe, do you know how small we are? Do you know how small we are? Do you know how insignificant we are in the grand scheme? You know, can you maintain the right perspective? Can you think about this and that at the same time? Can you think about this and this at the same time? You know, can well, you, you know what, once again, I'm going to, I'm going to say this again. I'm very fascinated by your uh, perspectives from being a man of faith because most people from christianity don't have these thoughts because they're like blasphemous this is how I, this is how i think sometimes uh, i would I'm, I'm i'm not religious so i think that maybe talking about this in a future episode might be really interesting to get both of our perspectives i know that's going to be a super controversial one but i think well, it, i think can, that we have happen. we're pretty good at com- like talking up through our emotions and not getting aggressive toward each other. I respect all of your viewpoints, even though I disagree with most of them. Well, so. <laughs> I mean, when the podcast is over, we curse at each other plenty. And I, you know, that gets, you mother, how dare I, we're not doing this again. Hey, when you want to do the next podcast, let me ask you this, Peter, let me ask you this final question on this, on this topic here. In your opinion, cause you're very optimistic. I'm very pessimistic. My my questions are going to be way more vast and way more ugh, towards Is that. Why you're wearing black shirt with a black background and black yeah, dude, uh, accessories? I wanna... here, you're me... just like mm. zip this up. I'm going to zip this up for this question. Here we go. Yeah, this is this is my my body language on this topic. Uh, Peter, you futurist. Uh. Um, <laughs> what is the biggest roadblock, in your opinion? Two twofold. The great reset in terms of us destroying ourselves with our technology before we could even advance, right? Oh, we found warp drive. Black hole is created. You mean the, the great Earth filter? Earth. Or the great filter. Sorry. Great. Freudian slip. slip. You slip. said the great reset. Slip. <laughs> so in the great filter, twofold, us being the reason for our own demise, we create warp drive, we create a black hole, a particle accelerator explodes, and yeah, everyone's faces turn pixelated, and we all... You drift into the universe. Just a crazy event occurs. Now, there's the great filter. And then I want to talk about the the interstellar aspect. Mm-hmm. Okay? Because I think we com- we kind of combined that in this conversation, which is fine because it, it, it pertains. But what are the biggest roadblocks both in here, us here on Earth, getting to that point of the technological development... What are, the, what are the biggest roadblocks for us? And then also, as we expand into, into the universe and we make those steps, what are the biggest roadblocks there? Currently, from just from my perspective, as someone who has zero educational knowledge in this background, just, uh, just someone who likes to explore. Yeah, we're exploring, we're questioning. I think that probably from a societal standpoint, uh, the biggest hurdle from actually getting off the planet is is probably a, a war. 
like between countries. Uh, there's a lot of tension right now and it's like uncharted territory because of technology and because of social media and because of cyber warfare and yeah what would an actual physical world war three look like today it would just be so weird well you know a lot of some people um are thinking that we're already in conflict and we don't even know it because of because of the way that um like I was just saying, technology is so new. This cell phone and the social media is so new. We still don't know the long-term effects of how it's going to affect us, uh, our, our, our state of mind, our, our, the way that we think, the way that we make decisions. And it could be, we could be easily manipulated by something or somebody uh, if we're not paying attention. And a lot of people are not. So I think that that's the biggest hurdle in the short term is getting past these tensions internationally and to try to... Um, you know, we could all go to space on our own terms. Like uh, other countries can go to space with their own space force or, or, or their own space How inconvenient. Program. And we can go and we can go with ours, but I don't care as long as humanity continues to move forward as, as, uh, you know, securing our future off but he, planet. But, but when you say humanity, the, you're well, saying even if we do it separately? Technically, they would still be humans. So yes, I you know I, I would hope that we could come together and. But what and if the Chinese I, go that direction? Like they go to Venus and we go to Mars. They go that way and we go this way and then we. Meet I, that back. would make sense because we're on opposite sides of the Earth. And then we just meet back ten thousand years from, and then we're like, you know what? We we'd be different along. species by then. We'd be different species by then. <laughs> um. So yeah. So to answer your question short-term hurdle of just getting off planet and getting to the beginning stages of the great filter, which is just settling on off planet would be just international tensions. And uh, I think that what you said earlier has a big part to play in that too, the way that we're kind of dividing. But I think that a lot of that has to do with international tensions and the way that media is influencing us. And once we get past this whole phase in our, in our species of like being obsessed with the cell phone and being addicted to it, getting, getting these dopamine hits, we'll move past it. Um, I don't know how, but we will, I I'm, I'm optimistic. We will, once we move past that, we can get, get moving with our species and we can move on to the next. Once we implant it into our brains, then we'll be good. Yeah. Then we won't have to stare at it anymore. <laughs> go automatically to our frontal cortex. So when it comes to the long term, uh, the interstellar travel, I think the biggest hurdle is going to be surviving on long journeys. So I think that once we can understand the human body better and understand how to put us in a stasis where we are preserved mentally, physically, all of our organs perfectly preserved in some type of hypersleep, and then we could wake up a thousand years later. Once that hap is perfected, then I think that we can go on interstellar um, trips because then people wouldn't be awake and interacting with each other. They would go to sleep and then they'd wake up on another planet in another solar system. You think our they, psychology is an issue in any of this? I think that the if emotions we go to an, or the psychology behind it. If we go to an Earth-like planet, if a group of people, let's say like a hundred thousand people, leave Earth and go to an Earth-like planet that's in the Andromeda uh, galaxy, <laughs> that's too far away. Uh, let's say they go to, um, one of the moons of Alpha Jupiter, 
Alpha Centauri. No, that wouldn't even take that long. They could do it in, they could do that in a couple of years. They could do that in like six years. Yeah. Okay. I'm talking about interstellar. Like okay, it's okay, going to okay. take a thousand years. So if we, if we could go to speed of light, we would get to uh, Alpha Centauri, the closest star to us in four years. It's four light years away, but we can't even get close. So if we travel at our own, at our current speed, it's more like 600,000 years. So that's a lot, a long time. So that's like, generations so we would have to go into hypersleep and then travel that time and then be able to wake up perfectly preserved and if you wake up on an earth-like planet and every all the conditions are the same and you're with the people who you chose to be with and you have a community i don't think that the psychology behind it would be an issue i think if you had to be awake that whole time on a ship and your whole life is just traveling that would be an issue but hopefully by the time we we advanced biologically to the point where we can go into hypersleep our engine uh you know technology will advance too so we can maybe f travel faster by that point maybe it won't mm. take six hundred thousand years maybe it'll take so you're a saying hundred. that, that the, the that the tech that the technological or the way that we do it could help us cope with our emotions still simultaneously yeah if we found out somehow there was like a hidden moon on jupiter that we never saw and it's like all forest yeah, then maybe, yeah, maybe we wouldn't, it wouldn't be a, just a barren wasteland. It would be like, hey, this is kind of like a forest at home. You know, if there's some similarities, maybe that'd be less of an issue, but that's. I, I think know, that, it, yeah. It would, the, it would be, it would be fun to develop a story in the future around this concept of this great filter, making it past some sort of barriers, some, some very human barriers, some. Maybe the story picks up after some sort of crazy event, but yet we're still able to travel, you know, interstellar. There, that that would be pretty cool. I mean, interstellar was that. <laughs> let but. me let me pitch you a quick idea to close out this episode because okay. it has to do with exactly what you just said. Okay. Now, because <clears throat> I just thought of it. Don't let it don't Need let it. it leave my head. Go, go, it's go, gotta go, leave hurry, through hurry. my mouth. Can't go, go, leave go. through my ears. Talk, 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 talk. Okay. <laughs> so what you were saying earlier about how interstellar travel long-term is not going to be good for our mental health, our emotions. Uh, but leaving the solar system and traveling interstellarly might be the only way that we make it past the great filter. So we're going to have to find a way to do it. If we don't do it, like I was just talking about with uh, cryosleep, then we would have to be conscious during it and form some type of a community or society. So imagine a film where there's a community living on a ship and i imagine it almost very similar to like if you were watching an uh a, a movie set in the 1800s in a village and like everybody has their job and like someone's a blacksmith and someone is a baker and then there's like the mayor of the town and the sheriff of the town and they like keep the peace and kind of make the laws but it's almost like everybody does their own thing it's kind of free trade like 1800s in the united states or in like maybe even like 1700s in like Ireland or Europe somewhere in a small village. But instead of being in a village, they're on this inter interstellar spaceship and there's maybe a couple hundred of them. And they interact in a very similar way to if they were in the 1800s because they're in this community where they only have contact with each other. And then the person who gets put in charge has this flaw that you, that you think is inherent in all of us that they get, a little bit of power and they take advantage of it and it start and it causes some type of a snowball a breakdown and ends up 
essentially destroying them from the inside just before they make it to their destination to where they can start a new life. Mm. We'd have to go into like some details behind that. I think it oh, would be I wanna... cool, like okay. Yeah, I was already I already have like 10 ideas. <laughs> Bang. Awesome. Okay. Okay. I'm trying to think of a movie that's similar. There are movies that are similar, but they're usually like they're all explorers or astronauts. You know, they don't have all these different roles. Um, well, there is a TV show that that has a very similar plot. Um, I think I I imagined it differently than that TV show, and I imagine that that show's on Netflix. I forgot what it's called though. I'd have to look it up. Mm. Um, but. If if we did something like that, I don't know. I just I imagined it different than that. I imagined it uh, actually more similar to another movie that's on Netflix, I think. And they're all they're all dressed like in the eighteen hundreds. No, 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 no. Oh, oh, okay. I mean that the way that they interact <laughs> with each other as a society and as a community is similar okay, to that. Like marrying off your daughter to, you know, the 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 uh, butcher's boy because he's strong and, you know, and, okay. you know, everybody has their job that they stick in and maybe their kid does learns that job. And it's, it's like the kinda, role play that helps them. Mm-hmm. That's okay. kind of like I love combining really traditional old school societies with new futuristic uh tech i, I think that it's really interesting that's why i loved that's because that's what we are movie. peter we're, we're old, old we're we're people that have existed throughout time and we've just got new and shiny toys baby yeah that's true that's for new and shiny let's let's own it let's own the shine Let's keep shining. Cool, man. This was a great conversation. Uh, if anybody's watching and you guys enjoyed what we have to say, then you're finding value from this information and, uh, and these conversations. And please follow us, subscribe, like, yeah. and you'll see lots more conversations and a What's lot our of Instagram? content. What's our Instagram? T- At Infinite Mark Studios. At Infinite Mark Studios. You can follow us right here if you're watching this um, on uh, YouTube, you can subscribe again, join the conversation in the comment section, subscribe, share these videos. We're also on Spotify and Apple podcasts now. Um, yeah. so go take a look. It's going to be, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. We're just going to continue to upload these clips, share the clips, um, and share the Instagram if you, uh, yeah. And, and, fun. uh, you know, we've got some really cool short films coming out here soon. Uh, Daniel, uh, can I plug on one? Couple. Yeah, please do. Okay. We're going to release The Cover of Darkness. This is a short film that I made. It's a tactical short film. Uh, It includes my brother-in-law and some of his friends that acted in this short film. It's just real short and sweet. If you like Sicario, you'll love this one. It's um, just basically an infiltration of a compound. Um, Super short and sweet. But uh, I love the... Pulled some soundtracks. Soundtrack inspiration. Um, It was all filmed. Actually, fun fact, it was filmed within four hours um so everything that you see when you see the short film it was filmed super quick um it was kind of like an exercise for me so yeah keep an eye out for the cover of darkness um it'll be on youtube short we'll upload it uh after this podcast so 
Yeah, and you know, I love that because we have been making films for a while independently and we've made a couple together, but I think that over the years, our skills have grown. And now that we're coming back together, uh, once again, I'm in Alaska, but I'm moving back to California in a couple of months. Once we come back together and we're able to make films again, I think that these films that we're uploading now, which is kind of like our practice. Our like portfolio. Yeah, we're, we've been like honing our skills for the past few years. I've got a couple more that I want to upload to share with everybody, and so does Daniel. Mm -hmm. But eventually, we're going to be together. We're going to be making awesome stuff, and we're going to have learned from all of our experiences in the past, and yeah. we're going to make it past the great and filter of filmmakers. <laughs> the I'm not working at Starbucks the rest filter. of my life, boy. <laughs> The great filmmaking filter. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we're going to be in person. We'll be doing these podcasts in person at a desk face to face so that it can really get heated and we can kick each other's shins under the table. So, oh, yeah. And then, um, yeah. And then those films, we'll be talking about films here and, and, and then actually fleshing them out and filming them here on the podcast live. Um, so we're going to have a lot of fun stuff planned. It's just the beginning. So thanks for uh, joining us for this one. And we'll see you on the next one. Awesome.